Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, August 6th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando, Florida studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, hello. Stop it. (laughs) The also lovely uh, Josh Loveless. Hello, people. Stop it. (laughs) On the... On the ones and twos behind the wall of glass, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hi, friends. Stop it. <laughs> and on the, and on the uh, Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the land of lovers, and you're the only one who didn't try and seduce us. I kind of felt seduced by that, but <laughs> we, we don't need to talk about that. Let's move on. <laughs> we have a, a great podcast for you this week. Uh, coming up later, we have a live in-studio performance by Ivory Line, who came through the studio just uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, I heard them and I was like, what? Who is playing our music that loud? I was like, oh, oh Ivory Line. Did you yell at them? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it down. Turn down that racket down. <laughs> hey, you kids. <laughs> well, our, our studios are actually under construction right now because we're building out some new sets uh, for video and audio in the back. So the last few artists that have come through to perform for us have been, unfortunately, they've had to do it like in the front of the office. Like, not in our normal studio space. Yeah, like in our lobby, almost. Like, pretty much in the lobby. So, I feel bad for them, a little bit embarrassed, and um, somehow Chad works his magic and makes it sound great. It could be worse. We could ask them to actually build the studio. That's true. For us. While you're here. Yeah. It's like Habitat for Humanity. Swing a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, that comes up later. And uh, see if you can hear people leaving for lunch during it. Oh. They really did play at lunchtime, I know, they did. And everybody had had to, like, walk out quietly. <laughs> Don't disturb Ivory. I wonder if that was difficult for them. It felt like one of those shows where everybody was leaving. <laughs> as long as Chad didn't leave, yeah. I think we were all right. Yeah. I just threw my headphones down and walked out. Yeah, there's like seven employees around them, like leaving for lunch. They're like, well, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been at one of those shows where, you know, there's only a handful of people there and like the band is playing like a really soft song, but people are talking at like louder than full volume to each other and like the band can totally hear it, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. We, I, I, I want to see a band snap. Just like, just shut up for a second. Play a really sad song here. Just shut it, everybody. One of, uh, one of my worst uh, professional uh, moments was uh, having booked a concert as a youth pastor at our church. And we had uh, a band come in that we had spent a lot of money on that was an up-and-coming band who uh, was wanting... Newsboys. <laughs> Newsboys. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, and they were uh, they were looking to, to get signed and picked up by uh, Jars of Clay's manager. And so uh, I told them there was going to be a lot of people at the show. So the Jars of Clay manager that was looking at signing them... It was a showcase it, that you hosted. Yeah, well, I didn't know I was hosting it. I just told them, you know, I booked them, and then uh, we had a lot of people that said they were coming. <laughs> and so they told the Jars of Clay manager to show up to our church, and uh, 25 people showed up to an event that was mm-hmm. supposed to have 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I-, I was only 975 people off. 
and uh, it was uh, it was one of the worst uh, one of the worst professional wow. uh, moments of my life. Horrible. So and, yeah, and even worse, the jars of clay manager was talking rudely at full volume <laughs> almost the entire set. <laughs> Where's and, all the people? Four, four people left for lunch right <laughs> yeah, in the middle. Yeah, of you, yeah. you could you could hear people leaving. So it was it was awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved and. Uh, Let's just say the the by the end of the night the jars of clay manager was uh, was running sound for us. Come no. on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like 19 at the time and didn't know what I was doing. It was it was an awful awful experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. well, can, can I just make a recommendation? Don't schedule shows at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah, I think that'd be the worst thing if you're a speaker or any kind of performer where you can see people leaving. Well, the next level for me was I was speaking at a a high school camp in the middle of summer in the middle of Oklahoma and uh, in the middle of one of my talks somebody just threw up in someone's lap next to them and uh, if that doesn't just nail your ego nothing will I I, I wow. couldn't I mean yeah. th- this is a little bit of an aside but I could never be a pastor in the sense that like if somebody left not only just left during one of my sermons or whatever but just like if a family left the church yeah. I would take it so personally yeah because it's like if I was better they wouldn't have left yeah right well, so it, yes technically I mean some people are looking for a church that they can just agree with right so right. you know if you're only preaching things that people agree with all the time maybe you're jo- not preaching correctly Josh can, can, can I ask you a question please because you're you're a man of the cloth well um, <laughs> former, formerly f- former man of the cloth I'm former man I'm, of the cloth I'm currently but, but you, clothless you've been, you've been uh, had experience on the pulpit is that what they say yeah physically standing on, on top it. of yeah. the pulpit yes yeah. it's bizarre but yeah. yes you can project louder that way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever had anyone stand up in defiance and just walk out right in the middle of your sermon not I'm not talking Talking about like they're sneaking out to use the bathroom. I mean, like, how dare he? I mean, he doesn't have to say that, but he says it with his body language. No, I haven't had that happen. Uh, the one time while I was speaking uh, a couple of years ago, um, we had a girl um, start screaming and yelling in the middle of my message. I was probably about 15, 20 minutes in. I thought she was objecting to something that I was saying. Uh, within a few moments, it was pretty dark in the room. There's a lot of people in the room. I, I couldn't really see her. She was near the back. And, um, and as she's screaming, people start running towards her. And then all I, all I hear is someone casting a demon out of her. Well, minutes later, everyone realizes she's just having a seizure. (laughs) And, uh, so I literally had to climb off the stage and kind of make sure everything was okay. And, uh, it was, it was awkward and uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty weird. Maya, do you remember that service we went to where we were visiting? It was a small storefront church, and we were sitting in the back row. And (laughs) and And also in the back, like one or two rows in front of us, was a lady who, in the middle of worship or something, fainted. Mm -hmm. Right. And everybody around her, or somebody also on the back row with us who was also clearly visiting, panics and yells, somebody call 911. Right. And then they wrote a song about it. And, <laughs> and, and and the pastor stops whatever's going on oh and, and starts reprimanding the visitor for not having enough faith that the lady would be recover no. and God would touch her. Do you remember this? Yeah. And then spends the entire service basically speaking, quote unquote, to the church 
about faith and believing and, and God is more powerful than, than man and oh this and that, gosh. whatever. And that if you have doubt and not faith, you need to come up to the front right now. Oh my gosh. Basically kept that altar call open until that lady finally went up there out of guilt and shame. Oh my gosh. And then she's standing there, the only person at the altar, and he ignores her and keeps talking to the church and saying, well, the sermon that I had planned was this, and oh, kind of gives a preview of next week's sermon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. While this lady is, is the lady still passed out? No, 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 the lady actually came to, they got her some ice chips and okay. she was fine. And you know, she just like got lightheaded and, yeah. you know, passed out. Anyway, so this guilted lady is standing there in front of the church, made a spectacle for like 10 minutes. Oh I was so livid. Oh my gosh. Horrible. It was horrible. Oh. I bet you withheld your I would have been like, you know what? God did give me faith. He also gave me a brain and a cell phone. You know, <laughs> like there's a person having a health, you know, you're passed out, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, a few months ago, uh, we're just, I guess we could just spend the whole podcast telling stories about crazy things that have happened in church <laughs> services. Yeah. Uh, but a couple months ago, my dad, who uh, happens to be a pastor as well, uh, told me that uh, he was standing, you know, on the front row as pastors typically do, uh, or in big chairs on the stage, depending upon your tradition. Uh, and someone ran down the front during the musical worship section of the church uh, service and uh, started kind of throwing their hands up in the air. And it's typically not a church. Uh, Cameron, Maya, you guys are familiar with uh, my dad's church. Uh, you know, threw, threw his hands up in the air. He's down front by himself. Was he waving them like he just didn't he care? He didn't care at all <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> People were looking around. This is awkward. And then he takes a knee. You know, like the guy in Hoosiers that won't come out of the locker room, Yeah. you know, on one knee and doesn't move. Like, this is an energetic song. You know, he was jumping around two seconds ago. People are like, what's going on? He jumps to his feet and does not one, but two backflips. Come on. Right in front of everybody. Come on. And then runs back to his seat. That's it. That's it. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to do. Yeah, it was it was a it was a beautiful, spectacular, celebratory. That's moment. awesome. It, it, he was it excited awesome. about Jesus, as you know, as you do. That's awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, it may not be the norm, but hey, but hey, I mean, no one got hurt. No one got hurt, and it's hard to say. Hey, listen, Jesus, redemption, blood. You know, calm down there, buddy. Yeah. You know, that's that's a tough thing to argue. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> that was an interesting way to start the podcast. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's get rolling with our entertainment releases, and we'll uh, head on over to slices. Let's see, music releases coming out on Tuesday, August 10th. We have Lost in the Trees with uh, All Alone in an Empty House. Um, That's keep- a depressing name yeah. and yeah. title. Yeah. Gosh, that was a rough year. <laughs> they have friendship issues. Yeah. Uh, PVT with uh, the album Church with No Magic. Hmm. See, your dad's church. Church is- with no backflips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fog Joggers are coming out with... <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> to strange, to strangers and friends, and uh, where do you find these chats? <laughs> <laughs> these aren't real, are they? I read Lloyd's blog. Yeah, <laughs> the fog joggers <laughs> lost in the trees. I think these are all Twilight references. <laughs> Hold on, what was the, I need? To, I'm writing this down. What's the title of the fog joggers album? To strangers and friends. To strangers. No, T O. Okay, T O. Not they're T-O. writing the album to strangers okay. and friends alike. I pictured two f- strangers meeting. <laughs> While fog jogging, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> they, they would have they would have to literally run right up on each other. I know, They'd probably hit each other. I know, I know. That's very dangerous. It is fog jogging. And then, last but not least, <laughs> Starflyer Fifty Nine with the changing of the guard. I got a little distracted uh, after Jesse's little reference because um, I, I tweeted, as I sometimes do. By the way, we're recording the new podcast. If you have anything you want me to say, and so a lot of people are like hitting me up with stupid stuff, and then Derek Webb hit me back. 
He's wanting me to promote the new Cademan's Call record that he produced, and it's up. It's available for pre-order right now. It's good. I've heard a couple of the songs on yeah. it. He it's actually a really job. interesting story, hmm. uh, um, which I won't bore you with now. Okay. Well, if it's interesting, that's true. It wouldn't be boring. Okay. Right. So I'm <laughs> yeah, it's a fascinating little yarn, but not for today. <laughs> I won't mean I won't to call you out. It. I just I'm yeah. now curious. That's all. Well, he he. Uh, you know, Cademan's Call went away. Derek Webb started in Cademan's Call. Um, I went and saw them when I was in college in the late '90s. And they uh, they kind of just broke up, and Derek kind of lived on, and and uh, the Youngs, um, which was the front man, and Cliff and Danielle, Cliff and Danielle Young, uh, he got involved at his dad's church. His dad is a mega church pastor in Houston, and so he runs the audio visual ministry, kind of like Joel Osteen did before his dad passed away. Interesting. Yeah. So Cliff Young is kind of the the next great coming for this mega church ministry. Anyway, hadn't made music in a decade and hits uh, Derek hits him up and says you know we need to maybe think about making music again but what was interesting is Derek was always the songwriter right Derek and um, Josh Josh Moore Josh Moore who uh, collaborated on his new album Derek's new album so those were the two songwriters Uh, Danielle and and Cliff never wrote a song the whole time Cademan's existed Mm. so when Derek and Josh left the band is why their music changed so much and why it just kind of faded um, away. I read something today um, that Derek had written on his blog that said that he, actually every member of the band it contributed at least one song to the album. Yeah. So like Cliff and Danielle did a lot of it, but like even the bass player like wrote a which, whole song. Which is what they never did in the right, past. Exactly. It was always Derek and Josh. Yep. So This would be a really good album. I'm yeah. really anxious to hear the whole thing. So it's available, available for pre-order now at cademanscall.com. Here's another little interesting bit of Christian music tidbit. Okay, the Newsboys have released a new album. You know there's not one original member in that band? Really? In my opinion, that does that makes them a Newsboys cover band, not the Newsboys. Right. right. I, I think their new album is called Tated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the front man now is is former DC Talk, but it, I think that's how dirty. is that even? <laughs> how can they even go by the same Tainted. band name? Yeah, that's weird. Are they managed yeah. by the same person? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, what about I, but, like? But to me, that's a cover band. What about like Journey and stuff? They always changed out lead yeah, singers. Yeah, you, you you at least have to have one original member. So on the new Newsboys album, they covered DC Talk's "Jesus Freak." Interesting. So I saw that. Is that the Newsboys covering DC Talk, Jesse, yeah. or is that DC Talk covering the news? How does that work? Because that's Tate. I. It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a puzzle here. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, Are there any movies coming up? Yeah, movies coming out Friday, August 13th. We have, speaking of which, The Expendables, starring uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. That, that's like the action hero equivalent of a, the, the of a news Christian boys. band supergroup. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. man, that's just mean. Um, it, it, I'm telling you, that's not, that's not an insult. That's like, hey, these guys were really big back in the day. But people still kind of think it's cool that they're getting together. It's a reunion tour. Mickey Rourke, yeah, well. Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone. Schwarzenegger I, I, and I Willis have yeah. uh, uh, cameos in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also coming out, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, starring Michael Sarah and I'm so uh, Jason over Schwartzman. Him playing the same exact character in yeah. the same exact movie. Well, here's the thing that bothers me about him. It's like there's a lot of art or actors that have no range and they're basically just being themselves. But somehow his manager or him gets every movie costume designer to dress him the exact same way. Yeah. How does he dress like Michael Sarah and everything? TV, movies? It's khakis. 
It's it's but bad no, khaki. It's, it's the ironic ringer t-shirts and kind yeah. of dweeby eighties attire. It's the yeah, exact same look it. that he had in Juno, and he has in this, and he had in. Rest I of think he. It's just in his closet. They just say dress <laughs> like you dress, and yeah. he shows up. Well, yeah, that's and what I'm saying. Like, yeah, just be yourself. Yeah, yeah. And don't act. Boy, it is. It might right. Everything he is in, he's he's the same, and it was funny at first, but right. now it's getting old quick, Sarah. I just, I just told Derek Webb that we promoted the new Cadman's Call album, and he oh. just thanked me. He'll, he'll be happy. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Also coming out, Eat, Pray, Love, starring Julia Roberts. Hold on, Maya. Yeah. Are you going to go see this? I do want to see the movie. Okay. I tried to read the book, and I hated it. You hated it? I hated her. You're the only... You hated the woman writing yeah. the book? Really? I mean, I think, like, when I see the movie, I'm like, oh, it looks good. And then I read the book, and I was like, 10, 11, 12 chapters in, and I'm like, ugh. She's stupid. <laughs> She's why, stupid. Why is she stupid? Because she's like there's like forty over, million people that bought this book. Dramatically depressed and on the floor, and she divorces everyone, and and then she, I don't know, she's stupid. All right, like she's it. on the floor. Yeah, she like is that before so, or after the divorce? Before she's so sad. And she's depressed. divorcing everyone. Did she have multiple divorces. No, one. How many people was she married to? Just one. So are you going to see the movie? I do want to see the movie. Okay, all right. The movie looks good. Right. It's like got Julia a good Roberts. soundtrack on the commercial. I just couldn't get through the book. All right. So there you go. All right. But well, a lot I, of people like it. There's your entertainment releases. Maya endorses all of them. Go see all the movies. No, I didn't. The Expendables. No. Scott Pilgrim versus the mm-hmm. World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Eat Pray Love. Yes. I, I think Maya well, should do movie reviews. Where all it is is us naming a movie. She goes, Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, uh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 three second movie reviews. <laughs> Maya, nope. The Expendables. No way. <laughs> Sad. All right. All right. That'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next, slices. Well, if you listen to the podcast, then you know that we love music. So why not subscribe to Relevant right now and get our exclusive album for free? Uh, it features uh, podcast favorites like Love Drug, Gunger, Deus Vale, The Kissaway Trail, Sherwood, and more. It's only 12 bucks when you subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash album. You're listening to The Young Veins. The song is Change. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. Go check it out. It's from their new album called Take a Vacation, which is good advice. Yeah. Good advice. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard M.I.A. with the song XXXO. It's playing right now. It's actually a featured song right now on Relevant.fm. It's from her new album entitled Maya, spelled like your name. Nuh-uh. M-A-Y-A. Yes. Mm. It's a bunch of symbols. But it, looks, it spells, it spells out, out Maya. Maya. It seems like she misspelled her own name. Yeah, That's how you know I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think her actual me. name is Maya, and uh-huh. then she went with M period, you know I period, A period. It is. I'm going to look that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive, but I'm going to double check. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, um, the FBI is uh, up to some serious business, and they are taking legal action against Wikipedia because... Believe it or not, on the 
FBI entry in Wikipedia, it shows the FBI logo, like the seal. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the FBI thought that they have nothing better to do than Mm -hmm. to take legal action against Wikipedia to have the seal removed from their Wikipedia entry. Now, the seal is widely available in pictures all over the internet, including on the Encyclopedia Britannica site. Um, So, Wikipedia, in response, wrote like a really smart aleck letter to them that says, you know, there's no way we're taking it down. That's just ridiculous, you know? So, uh, it, it kind of had some unintended consequences because now people like bloggers are going and putting the FBI seal on their blog <laughs> just to antagonize them. So, wow. my hope is that we use the full resources of the federal government to make this stop. That's, that's the only logical conclusion. I mean, th- honestly, this is probably the number one issue pressing national security right now. Oh, sure. Is these joke bloggers. Sure. That's so, funny. What are they going to do about South Beach guys that walk around in FBI t-shirts? Uh, <laughs> Define body inspectors? body inspectors. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, they're already in jail. Those right are now. those are crimes against humanity as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're put in secret prisons and across like Eastern Europe. Oh, so, good, good, good. Uh, they've already done a sweep uh, of Miami, the Jersey Shore. And Las Vegas, and got those guys. And so. now they've moved to the internet. This is good. Yeah, now, now they move. They move from the frat house to Wikipedia. A logical next step. Yeah, it to is. clear their good name. It is. So uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping this one all works out uh, for the FBI. Uh, I also have an update <laughs> slice that I'd like to throw out there real quick. I'm always, I'm always down for an update slice. Well, you know, I don't want to leave people hanging. I want to, you know, there, there's some stories that have legs, as they say in the biz, mm-hmm. which is what they call <laughs> well, the business. This is what I appreciate business. about you. A few weeks ago, you were giving us journalistic tips on burying That's the right. lead. Now you're telling us which stories have legs. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm a professional in the truest sense. That's why I only follow the hard-hitting stories. That's right. This is like <laughs> an insider's podcast. You're speaking the language. Like exactly. It. This is, you know, they should do this at the William... Our moral institute for journalism. They play this podcast. Although there, they uh, would fact check that Ice T was in fact getting his bulldog <laughs> knee surgery. Yeah, um, but you see what kind of credibility that school has. So, um, all right. So uh, a few weeks ago, we did a sports segment, which I thought was awesome. I thought it went really well. Right. Um, we got good feedback. I, I'm about not it. sure if the listeners did or not. No, we got really good feedback. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it, and. Uh, but I want to follow up on the story about uh, Egalskis, the, the former Cleveland Clavalier who left Cleveland to go play in Miami um, after LeBron James did the, the same thing in a very high-profile manner. He pulled out a full-page ad in the newspaper thanking the people of Cleveland for their support throughout his career. Right. Um, right. So a few days later... LeBron James thought that was a good idea. So he pulled out a full page page in the Akron newspaper to thank his family and friends and fans in Akron uh, for their loyalty and for their support. But LeBron James did not uh, thank anyone in Cleveland. Yeah, it's, it's starting to hit the... I, I was listening to... If you're interested in this topic, I would suggest downloading the Bill Simmons Sports Guy podcast this week where he talks uh, NBA with Chuck Klosterman, uh, the author. 
fascinating discussion about LeBron, his psyche and, and all this. But, but Bill Simmons talks about the fact that something happened with his teammates on the Cavs in the playoffs that there's like emerging evidence that, you know, these guys he was so tight with for so long and they had all these dance routines and they were best bros and all this stuff. Like something happened where this guy just checked out against them. Like if you, if you listen to that podcast it's fascinating and I'm wondering, I mean, this, this is yet more evidence that he's going out of his way to like slap the Cleveland organization in the face. It just like doing his special did. And not just the organization, but the people yeah. of Cleveland. Yeah, you know, it's it, LeBron James is becoming like a supervillain. Well, he's he's uh, well, there, he's even tweeting about like, "Welcome to the new guy who got signed. Welcome to Team Dillinger." Like he's even adopting this outlaw us versus the world kind of chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the Cleveland fans' um, reaction, burning jerseys and things like that. Like, so LeBron left because he just wants to win. And so, I mean, I, I actually think he left for the wrong reasons. I don't like the move at all for the NBA as an NBA fan. Yeah. Regardless of that, you know, the, the fans, you know, for him to go on this national special and do what he did, all the fans thought, oh, well, him doing the special means for sure he's coming back. There's no way he would do this to stab us in the back and then, like, twist it, you know? Yeah. And so, like, issue a, issue a statement or do an interview, like, I'm moving on, whatever, I just, you know, my buddies are down there. I want to win right away. Sorry. Love Cleveland, whatever. That's how you do it. But to do this special, they felt so betrayed. I think that that shocked him. Like, I think he realized all of a sudden that fans aren't actually your fans, that it's all conditional. Of yeah. course, it's yeah. conditional, right? I don't think he's had fans turn on him ever. Right, ever. He was so adored and loved that when they turned on him because of something he did, that it's, I think he's so, like, over it now. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of... Screw you. Yeah. I, the one other thing that I can think of is that before he was so isolated from anybody but yes men. Another development. To, uh, it's surprising that that Bill Simmons. You know, obviously he's the columnist uh, and personality for ESPN. ESPN ran a story that was pulled within 15 minutes. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Um, basically, it was one of their regional writers had run into LeBron James at a casino in Las Vegas and was just kind of shadowing him around. And he goes on to describe this behavior that is just, you know, outrageous. Like like of someone who is is completely out of touch with reality, making absurd requests, asking that the staff bring him a cake shaped like a crown. Uh, and the the columnist said it was borderline sociopathic. Like he came to the point where it was almost like LeBron James no longer recognized the difference between right and wrong, normal and crazy behavior, you know? And so ESPN ended up pulling the column without explanation. Well, they gave some kind of bogus explanation after the fact, but after like 15 minutes, because they have a, a close relationship with LeBron, but the whole deal was, it might just be that he's been so isolated by people and yes men and fans that he has no idea, uh, you know, the negative reaction that his actions can have. You know what I mean? Well, the ESPN thing, um, the, the writer is a freelance writer for ESPN.com. He actually, he did not represent himself at the time. He's sitting at LeBron's table. He's hanging out with all the guys. Apparently they've known each other part of, you know, so he just kind of like, 
joined LeBron's posse. For he was the an evening. embedded reporter. Yeah, well, but he didn't identify himself to the guys that I'm going to write about this. And journalism ethics says that you, you let your subject know if something's on the record or off the record. And that it came out that the guy did not say clearly that, hey, tonight is on the record, right? And so ESPN pulled it after they got pressure from LeBron's camp that, you know, we're going to sue you for libel, basically, because this guy didn't say this was on the record. So anyway, I, I think that they didn't just pull it because they're in bed with LeBron, but they actually were made vulnerable by this guy not being true, like ethical reporting. You know? I, I just I just wonder, though, if it was any other athlete, like in the era where the average Joe has a cell phone, has a camera on a cell phone and, you know, people can can tweet from anywhere. It's almost, you know, I think we're coming to an era where nothing is off the record, where, you know, you know, there's websites for people to go post pictures and, and stories about celebrities where I can see why ESPN wanted to do it. But at the same time, I feel like if it was another athlete of maybe, you know, less of LeBron's stature, would they have made the decision? They may have, you know, I'll yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt, but well, it, it comes at a bad time for him. But you know it's, what, I mean? what you're, what you're getting into is like now, ESPN is having to say, are we going to remain or, you know, fight to be a credible news source and respected along the lines of New York Times, you know, or are we going to go the direction of TMZ? And, and, and so, like, they have to make moves like this to protect their journalistic integrity, whether yeah, well, it's a big it, name or a little name. Well, I was going to say, but it also comes on the heels of some questionably ethical um, compensation that happened during the whole decision special. And uh, it, it LeBron hired Jim Gray. Right. And, you know, when, when the interviewer is paying the interviewee, and that's not disclosed till later, you know, I mean, that even that's sort of a, a shady kind of ethical line that ESPN kind of found itself. Well, in, the way the, way the production company positioned that was that they said, hey, listen, here's what we want to do and do it. The Boys and Girls Club, we'll have our own host. We'll have our own paid host. It'll be a few questions. LeBron will make the announcement at the Boys and Girls Club. Then ESPN, the way that they said that they would agree to it and have an outside production company do the, do the show, LeBron's production company, uh, is that then they would toss to ESPN's uh, hosts to do the interview. So actually, it came out that ESPN was caught off guard at how many questions Jim Gray was going to ask because he was positioned as a quote-unquote host, not as an interviewer. And so, you know, you could see where ESPN got kind of felt like a little bait-and-switch thing happened there. I think it was a debacle, you know, and, and, you know, that somebody... Yeah, anyway, this is a whole Bill Simmons podcast. I mean, this is... I literally laying in bed last night. I listened to two and a half hours. It was a two-part podcast of him and Closterman talking about and, this. And I'm not trying to throw ESPN on the bus. I, I love well, ESPN. You know what I mean? And, and and Bill Simmons. And and I watched the decision. You know, I thought it was... If, if any... Sports is entertainment. And that was great theater. You know what I mean? And it was great social and cultural fodder. But, it, you know, I think it kind of... We're entering into an era where sports is coming... Is crossing the the plane with TMZ. You know, it's inevitable at this point. You know, and and an organization like ESPN is going to find itself having to walk that line. I feel like a lot more. Yeah, of course they will. I mean, sensationalism gets ratings as the 
decision did. And so now it's like, okay, do we do more of that and give people what they want? Lowest common denominator? Or do we fight to uphold some sort of standard? I thought it was interesting that ESPN has an internal journalistic watchdog. Uh, I forget the guy's name. And he the ombudsman. Yeah, and the, yeah, right, exactly, an ombudsman. And he uh, wrote a blistering piece saying that they that they severely messed up by doing this this show. Yeah. So anyway, but your original point was about the fans of Cleveland and that LeBron went out of his way to shun the organization, his yeah. teammates <laughs> and the city and say, oh, yeah, well, Akron, I got your back, you know? Yeah, well, and it is, you know, I'm not trying to cast judgment, but that does look like borderline sociopathic behavior. Like you're doing something that you know is right, thanking people, and then you're doing something that clearly is a snub to other people with no acknowledgement of, of right and wrong. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not saying he is a sociopath. I'm just saying you could see how, uh, you know, uh, uh, people, a columnist would, would draw that conclusion, you know? Right. Exactly. All right, Josh, what do you have? Well, I don't know if I can follow that uh, with uh, something is quite as strong, but we'll try. Um, there's This happened recently. Uh, a guy named Adam Sutton, uh, who was 19, uh, told his girlfriend, Erica Brucey, who was 18, that they were going to go on a date to the movies. But instead, he took her to uh, an airport in Rome, Georgia, for a chartered flight. Uh, the plan was that while they were in flight, uh, Adam's family members were going to be on the ground holding up large signs with the words, will you marry me on it? Uh, unfortunately, the girlfriend, Brucey, only saw the word marry because part of the sign was obscured before, right before the plane flying slowly at low altitude stalled and crashed. <gasps> On the tarmac. Oh my gosh. The couple, they were not seriously hurt, uh, this article says. Uh, the uh, the airport manager, Mike Matthews, uh, came in and said, no, everybody worked out and everybody, you know, and ended up being okay. But Brucey finally, the girlfriend, finally said yes to the proposal in the ambulance. Uh, <laughs> wow. But Sutton, the boyfriend, wasn't able to give her the ring. They couldn't find it. Only the ring box could be found after the crash, probably made out of the black box material. <laughs> So yeah, it was pretty. Wow. What kind of sociopath would steal an engagement ring after a plane crash? <laughs> I know, I know. Was LeBron James on the ground? I'm sure he was involved somehow. Um, but I mean, first of all, it's you know, an 18, 19 year old getting married. He's, you know, he's rural Georgia. Rural so. Georgia, yeah. right? <laughs> and and I mean, the the punchline is obvious in this that you know there isn't much to be said of a marriage that begins with a crash landing, right? Uh, like th th no, they have nowhere to go but up. Okay, oh. there you go. Wow, <laughs> it can't get any worse. Yeah, see, good. <laughs> as bad as the marriage is, it's not as bad as a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every great relationship starts with a crazy story, right? Yeah, I guess that is certainly. Yeah, one of the crazier ones I've seen. So I think he never had a ring and he did the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a ruse. Good oh, point. I must have lost it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the box. Right. I don't know what happened. I'm not going to spend another 30 grand again. Right. Yeah. 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 It was much cheaper to uh, orchestrate this plane Stage crash. the crash exactly. than buy I a ring. I want to know what happened to the me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like did, you know, did those did those guys not just not show up? <laughs> or the like, will like, you? Did he did see run? that? Oh, you know, my the me half my family didn't show up. I'm taking this bird down. <laughs> so he wasn't flying it. It was being flown. No, it says the plane's pilot was knocked unconscious by the crash, and Adam, the 19-year-old boyfriend, had to pull him out of the plane. Wow. That's what you want to do is have to rescue your pilot. Yeah, but you look like a hero. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, he, he comes out looking, you know, pretty strong. Well, I mean, I mean, he didn't have the ring, so. That's true. 
<laughs> Failure. But I did save so the guy. So if you want to call that a hero. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever. All right, Maya, what do you have? Um, I have two short ones. One I just saw that I think is insane. Um, most of us have lived with other people before, had roommates. Yes, no. I'm, I'm married. We I'm do married. not endorse cohabitation, but if you're referring to roommates, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> I, I was on two seasons of The Real World. So. Oh, yeah. I've never had a roommate. You've, what? Well, yeah. I, my you first year in college in my dorm, I did. Well, but the guy was a local a and he lived off campus 99% of the time. Yeah. And then after that, I petitioned to get a private room. And then after college, I never had a roommate. A private room? Mm-hmm. Can you get that? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Very limited number. You have to like pay, a, pay extra for it? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I was on, but I was on full scholarship room and board. So I just kind of <laughs> s- s- snuck it in there. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I remember, I've had one roommate my whole life besides you. I guess we're kind of roommates. Yeah. Kind, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We get along. Okay. Um, well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, you fight with your roommates, you know, over whatever. Well, apparently, this guy they got into such a heated fight that he bit off his roommate's nose. Come on, bit it off. Why are you that close and, and, to your roommate? Mike Tyson needs a new roommate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It happened in Boise, Idaho. Um, oh my gosh, were they were they quote unquote wrestling? I don't know. It doesn't say. They <laughs> don't know what the fight was about. And horrible part could not find the nose so it was not reattached it's ironically <laughs> it was stuck in a wedding ring oh my gosh <laughs> how, how do you not find it where i mean I i'm assuming know. this is in some you know in a, in a closed area it's like you know did the fight take a place in every room of the house no no haven't you seen tom and jerry where they get into like the, like the fighting and they turn into this like big dust ball thing and they like roll so the, yeah. the fight probably went out into the cornfield yeah and yeah. I just, it, it, was it was probably just one field. tumbleweed around potato. town yeah. yeah it's potato field yeah. Well, apparently you can serve up to 14 years for taking a body part off of somebody. Whoa. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Why gosh. is that even a, a law? I mean, what happened to like have how, to think we got to cover this? How often? What an arbitrary yeah. time. Oh, taking a body part, we'll say 13, <laughs> not 14 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> FBI people have been working on that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, The FBI got bigger fish to fry. I yeah. really can't figure out. I mean, I get the argument escalating. I get punches being thrown. I get a push. I get, I'm going to yeah. throw a, probably, I'm thinking there's probably some sort of inebriation involved, so I'm going to throw a bottle at you. At what point do I get so close? Am I whispering? Am I threatening you? Am I pinning you down? Maybe you're doing that. And you're like, arms are back and you're chest bumping. And you're like, chest la, la, la. to chest. And then you're and you've like, like, slammed them up against the wall. You're so mad, kinda. you just bite his nose off. And then what do you, do you I would like, if, if I'm going to go, which it would, I can't imagine you know myself ever being that scenario but if i were i would i would deliver a sweet one liner i'd be like got your nose jesse <laughs> oh my That's word so gross. oh my word i'm just saying if you're gonna do 14 years you might as well get a one-liner in <laughs> yeah and that's worth it uh, my other slice is I've always wanted to do a citizen's arrest, honestly. Well, ever since I saw Let's the Andy it. Griffith show yeah. where, where um, uh, I guess Barney takes an illegal U-turn yeah. in, in the cop car, not on a call, and I guess it's Gomer starts running down the street, citizen's arrest, citizen's arrest, and, like, and they yeah. pressure Barney into getting arrested for his uh, 
traffic infraction. I didn't see that episode. I have also wanted I've to do I've always wanted to do that. I see bad drivers. And, and in my head, Gomer Pyle. Yeah, so it comes to my head. Citizens too. arrest. Mike, can I just say, every time I've tried to execute a citizen's <laughs> arrest, it ends badly. So Yeah. Anytime that he has tried to execute a citizen's arrest, somebody's nose gets bitten off. Every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've had three noses, so uh, <laughs> you can guess whose nose got bitten off <laughs> well, in this, every case. So this guy was uh, attempting to steal this guy's bike out of the guy's car, he broke his window and whatnot well the guy comes up when this is happening and he chases him down along with two other guys and he puts him in a chokehold and like hold him down with his knee until the uh cops come yeah. you know like an mma move yeah yeah he's like holding them yeah you know basically does a citizen's arrest waiting mm-hmm. for the uh cops to show up yeah whatever guys in jail he's possibly could serve up to 12 years i believe you guys did they have so a citizen's you know. court do they set up a citizen's court as well and convict him <laughs> Yeah. Well, let me, if time. I'm referencing back to the Andy Griffith episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, what happened? Andy made the ultimate decision. Did he? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it, was, it was wise was it good? and fair. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Griffith is actually on his way to uh, Idaho where this took place. <laughs> okay, somebody he, said he, this. Legally, is, he's the only one who can resolve citizen ar- arrest cases. <laughs> yeah, so. he, but he's he, actually been pretty busy I, since I, he retired from acting. I, well, he actually, he's busy on TBN. I think he's got an appearance coming up really, really soon. I mean, he's he, all those guys guys from uh here's the thing i was in a conversation about andy griffith like literally two nights ago i'm watching a marathon on tv land chris comes through and he Mm -hmm. says you know of all of all the actors from the golden age of television i'm really surprised andy griffith's still kicking around and he goes, I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just really old. I'm like, you I know, that's he's promoting healthcare reform right now. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Well, really? Let me Google that while, while well, listen, his, his, his advice, wise and fair. Wise and fair. So, I trust him. Well, I trust him. So Absolutely. this guy's in jail serving 12 years for this and for some, from dr- some drug possession. Um, but he is now seeking $500,000 in punitive damages for his injuries. He says that he has permanent disabilities and psychological disorders from this uh, from this guy stopping him from stealing his stuff. Oh my gosh! So we might want to not citizens arrest. I would like to know the rules of the citizen arrest so I can know when to execute. One I mean, is, are they not. actually well, legal? Do you carry handcuffs like I do? <laughs> <laughs> Only the furry ones. Do Do you oh. carry a? Oh. <laughs> oh. Let me just say that oh. in, in several of my citizens arrests, using the baton on somebody has backfired. Okay. Was it a furry uh, baton? <laughs> the, the furry <laughs> Billy Club. Yeah. Oh. Has anyone, you said Billy, it reminds me, yeah. Billy Mays. Uh-huh. Have you seen the commercial? I think it's an oxy one where the other guy, he's like, you may have heard of my the commercials of my friend Billy Mays. And it shows Billy Mays like as a ghost, literally like black and white as a ghost behind him. No, I'm serious. It's the British guy. It's the British guy. I think it's for OxyClean still. And he's like, you may have heard my friend Billy Mays over the years. Billy Mays here. Promoting. And he's like (laughs) commercial in color. Billy Mays is in black and white, like doing his thing. That's Billy Hayes. It's really, I'm it's freaky. That is freaky. That's, yeah. a, that's a poor um, decision. Jesse, I need to backtrack just a second. You you said that when you've been doing your citizen's arrest, you were using a, a baton, not a, yes. not a billy club. <laughs> so where did you get? Was it sparkly? 
And did you I, get I it from the Target? Who was trying to rob me? Did you twirl it? <laughs> yeah. A marching band leader. Were you just walking down the street twirling it and then decided to use it in, in apprehending the suspect? Yeah, well, well typically, yeah, typically my morning routine is I take a walk around the city. Uh, I've been twirling a baton and doing a couple uh, and fighting song for and justice. dance numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It, on this particular day, I didn't have my chimney sweep. Brush, okay. which is my, which is the other thing I take right. around the city and dance with. That's good. And I do like backflips down the sidewalk. And when people yeah. see you coming, they know that the streets are just a little bit safer. Yeah, and, and more chipper. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like uh, I was at Disney World one time. I'm walking down uh, the sidewalk, and they're getting ready for the parade. And the guys that lead the parade are the chimney sweeps, yeah. right? Yep. And they're and they're all blackened from. Uh, so, you know, ash. From, well, it's actually the janitorial crew from Disney. <laughs> yeah, pr- presumably cleaning chimneys all day. It's yeah. cheaper that. But, that yeah. 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 just make them double up. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, go lead the parade. Yeah, just on your yeah, front. Yeah. front. Hey, guess what? Well, you've been hired as a, yo. You have experience in dance. Oh, awesome! You can lead the parade doing backflips. We're also going to need you to clean our chimneys. So. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the chimney sweeps like come down the sidewalk doing backflips to get the parade started. I thought that was pretty awesome. So I just incorporate it into my daily life. That's good. Um, okay. Well, that until expl- some thugs <laughs> went out and started mocking me. Well, and, you were wearing. Which I deemed an offense uh, only punishable by citizens' arrest. That's good. Well, you're wearing a, a leotard, marching around the city with a baton, <laughs> twirling around. I, I, you might get beat up in a lot of cities, including Loverland, Virginia. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, it's a sad country we live in. Then yeah. <laughs> don't don't judge me. I'll let Andy Griffith do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I can tell because you because I'm pretty sure Mayberry had some dancing chimney sweeps. <laughs> Probably. I, I can tell you he'll be wise and fair. All right, on that note, we'll wrap up Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ivory Line. church leaders do you like relevant well check out new it's our magazine for church leaders that's all about ideas shaping the future of the church it's only 12 bucks but for only eight dollars more you can get relevant too that's 10 issues for only 20 dollars at relevantmagazine.com slash new that's relevantmagazine.com slash n-e-u-e You're listening to Claxons. The song is Echoes. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. The echoes of the ghost of Billy Mays. That's what it's about. Billy Mays here. Ivory Line is a rock band from Tyler, Texas, currently signed to Tooth & Nail Records. They just released the album Vessels. It's their fifth album, second on Tooth & Nail. Uh, Some trivia about the band. Their name comes from a Death Cab for Cutie song. Ivory Line. Is that legal? Yes, it's legal. As long as it's not the seal they, of the FBI. Are they, is any of them from Death Cab for Cuties? No, they're from Tyler, Texas. I, they're, not I mean, a, they're not a cover band? You might band? want to warn them that I might citizens arrest them <laughs> because I'm not sure if it is legal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Check them out at myspace.com slash ivoryline. Here they are performing their song, Instincts.
Was Ivory Line. Check him out at myspace.com slash Ivory Line. Coming up Friday, August 27th at 7 p.m., Relevant Magazine and Axe to End Malaria present John Mark McMillan in concert, along with special guests, All the Bright Lights, and Bella Reeve. It's a free one-night event to help in the fight to end malaria. John Mark McMillan in concert at Discovery Church in Orlando. For more info, go to relevantmagazine.com concert. You're listening to The Middle East. The song is Blood. Oh, that's appropriate. The song is playing right now on Relevant.fm. What? There's a lot of blood spilled in the Middle East. It has the word love in it. That's what you meant, right? Blood, not love. You see a lot of word blood. (laughs) You know what? Let's just... uh, You're saying the blood of Jesus? Chad, let's uh, let's edit that. Did you just go into a sermon illustration? There's a lot of love in the sacrifice behind blood, but that takes too long to to explain. Explain. Thank you. Chad, you were leaving right. that in. That was that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's definitely staying in. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had a camera I could see your face. You realize that. No, no there's no love in blood. No. There's no, no love in blood. <laughs> Let's see. Ivory Line uh, came through when they were coming through Orlando as part of the Scream Like You Mean It tour. Mm-hmm. It's like a hardcore Screamo tour, which they're not. When they're not at all. They're not at all a Screamo or hardcore band. Um, they told Chad how the crowds respond when they learn they're not as much of a screamo band. They kind of look at them and just wait for the chorus and they're like, okay, they're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. And then the chorus comes along and they don't bring it and, <laughs> and they, they just stand there and they're like, okay, bridge. They're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. They leave for lunch. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have the staff left. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the brand new album <laughs> vessels was just released and the two songs on the podcast are from that album. The podcast episode page will also feature an interview Chad did with the band while they were here. Check it out. Uh, you can see the band at myspace.com slash ivory line. Here they are performing Hearts Open. Looking back on how my life pulsed up and down. 
I can see the care you took in pulling me out And with that force you shook me up enough to see I need to be sure of the ground on which I'm standing with Weights around your feet, you can't run the race In the farther ways Everyone here can be sure of one A judgment We've forgotten where our hope is You'll find us throwing stones and spitting gossip With weights around your feet you can't run the race In the farther ways Everyone here can be sure That was Ivory Line. Their new album is Vessels. It's on Tooth and & Nail, and you can get it wherever better music is sold. You're listening to Immord. 
The song is Rayvon and it's featuring Zoe Deschanel. So it's mm. M. Ward and Zoe Deschanel, but it's not she and him. Figure it out. It's M. Ward featuring Zoe Deschanel. Mm. But not she and him. But it's not she and him. It's very, very different. Yeah. With, With Michael Tate. It's the newsboy. <laughs> 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 the video is playing right now on relevant.tv. Go check it out. You'll definitely want to. All right. It's time for your feedback. Last week, Jesse had to apologize to Ice T mm-hmm. for defaming him in the way that the in the previous week he brought a slice about how Ice T was arrested, and when he was pulled over and got arrested, he was on his way to take his bullfrog to get knee <laughs> knee surgery. <laughs> I can't even say what two the weeks later. Is. Two weeks later, yeah, yeah. and so Jesse goes on a twenty minute tirade about Ice T has a bullfrog and how ridiculous this was, and then he was taking yeah, knee surgery. So anyway, a, a very astute reader uh, wrote in and pointed out the fact that. Indeed, the story said that Ice-T was taking his bulldog. I like for, that our audience does yeah. their research. Yeah. They don't trust anything spoken here on the podcast. <laughs> with good reason. They, they, with John Stossel-like precision, they go behind the scenes and investigate all the things and facts we report. Well, the, the astute reader who wrote in was Jeremy Duncan, and uh, he wrote in this week after listening to last week's podcast, and he said, guys, uh, thanks for reading my email last week. As far as I can tell... All of your slices cleared this week, so, so he's on the case. Well, can, can I just can I just put in there several things I've said today were completely untrue. Okay. You figure it out. Trust me, that's we're your gonna job. Get letters. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't charge, but that's how you get. I think he's going to be a busy man if he's trying to line up all the facts that are true. So when we pointed this out to Jesse, he went on and, and gave a very heartfelt apology to Ice T and everybody who was besmirched by his misinformation. So we thought, you know, apologies are good for the soul and we wanted you to have the opportunity of apologizing as well. So we invited you to go over to our podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and right there post any apology that you needed to, uh, to bring out. And so you did that and uh, here we'll read a few of our favorites and then we have actually a couple phone calls that we wanted to, to play as well. Well, Joel said that in a mad dash to the closest bathroom, he stopped over at a disgusting gas station in downtown San Diego. He said a rude employee gave him a bathroom key with a huge gallon oil jug chain to it. I can only presume this is so that no one uh, is able to just run off with the key. He said he ran outside to the bathroom and spent the next five minutes trying unsuccessfully to unlock the door. Uh, He eventually... Uh, got the door open, or he eventually took care of business after he couldn't get the door unlocked. So I don't know where he took care of business at, <laughs> but he the key broke off in the door lock. In a fit of frustration, he left the broken tea, the gallon oil jug, and his integrity in the bathroom and bolted home. For this, he apologizes. <laughs> Uh, the fabulous uncool is his name, and he says, "I don't actually have anything to apologize for at the moment, probably because I'm good like that. But I do want to apologize on others' behalves. I'd like to apologize on Colin Farrell's behalf for phone booth. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for BP for the oil spill, and we're on our way with our special oil sucking mechanism, a 15 year old boy's forehead. I'd also like to apologize for Brett Favre for always changing his mind. You know what? Never mind. I take that back. Okay, I apologize. Okay, no wait, never mind." Okay, fine. Look at that. Uh, JJ Carlson says, I'd like to apologize to my sister Jody for stealing $20 off her dresser so I could buy Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I was in seventh grade and apparently loved fart jokes so much that I was willing to steal for them. So Jody, I'd like to ask for your forgiveness. All righty then. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Bob Marley 
says he would like to apologize to the sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) But not the deputy. (laughs) Um, In Schultz, he said, I would like to apologize to Tony Hayward for putting our pelicans in the way of your oil. (laughs) Oh, nice. Uh, Zach Harper says, I would like to apologize on behalf of my friends and I who roughed up Will Smith back in the day. When his life got flipped, turned upside down when we made trouble in our neighborhood. <laughs> we understand that he was just trying to be relaxing all cool on the playground where he spent most of his days, but those were bad times for all of us. I'm really sorry that we scared his mom into sending him to Bel Air with his auntie and uncle. I've felt conviction about this for many years now. Mason Gwetter. Did you guys read this one yeah, yet? No, that's perfect how you're pronouncing it, by the way. Mason Gwetter. Uh, by the way, uh, Hannah Schroer. Uh, has written us a, a number of times <laughs> and every time she writes us a letter and she's actually helped us out like at different festivals and stuff now at, every time she writes she puts she puts puts a uh, phonetic pronunciation of her last name in there for me particularly yeah that's great how was it said i don't remember Shoe. what you're supposed to say but i think it's schroer I think it's Schroer. You sound like you have a speech impediment. I, well, I think her last name <laughs> is a speech impediment. All right. Oh, gosh. M- Mason Gwetter. Okay, he says, I'd like to extend this heartfelt apology to everyone in the world on behalf of the entire country of Canada. I'm sorry for Justin Bieber. It's a tragedy that we don't enjoy bringing up, but the world must know that we are truly sorry. My deepest sympathy, Mason Gwetter. At least they're willing to acknowledge their mistakes. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, apology not accepted. Not accepted. They they made up for it though because they just released Arcade Fire. Okay, that's true. uh, Were they holding them hostage? Yeah, you could say that. Okay, Uh, I heard that uh, there's a uh, Justin Bieber uh, 3D movie coming out. Oddly enough, being uh, directed by our friend uh, Davis Guggenheim. James Cameron. (laughs) No, Davis Guggenheim is is directing the. 3D Justin Bieber movie due out February 11th. I guess it is kind of a documentary behind the scenes type thing. I guess wow. so, but I th- it's probably good for Biebs. Bieber yeah. is also writing a memoir. Yeah, I did hear about that. <laughs> memoir. When you're 12, you've lived. <laughs> He's a, barely literate. Rough life. <laughs> rough life. Well, what if he? What if he like releases it and it's like the most like esoteric? Like it's like James Joyce meets Jack Kerouac. And it's like, oh, who knew the Bieber had it in him? That's Bieber <laughs> fever if you, yeah. Okay, so, um, Chad, you had a couple calls. Why don't you go ahead and play one? All right, here's the first one, a little, a little context. This goes back to the, uh, to the whole iced tea story. So, Jesse, you'll want to listen closely to this. Oh, I plan on it. Hi, crew. This is Adam from Michigan. Hey, Adam and from I Michigan. have a related story to your slices. I was so looking forward to the question of the week. Because we just did knee surgery on a frog. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is a veterinarian, and uh, my son hit a frog with the lawnmower. <gasps> and we weren't really trying to save it, because we all knew it was just a, a little, I guess it's a toad, right? Uh, one of these toads in the lawn. But just the cold coolness that his mom could actually sew its leg back on. <laughs> we took photos, and you know, it made the tour. It was the end of the school year, and so our kids all took turns taking it to class to show the repaired toad and we you know gave it a couple weeks and a little terrarium thing we had set up to nurse it back to health and bought it some crickets and then uh the whole family went out and we downloaded uh born free onto the ipod and <laughs> wired it up outside so we could play born free and wow. set it loose in the backyard and hopefully this time he'll stay out of the tall out of the out of the grass and stay in the tall grass and won't get hit by the lawnmower wow. so that's my story not that 
we put it in any remote control cars or Barbie houses, <laughs> although we have both of those. And I want you to know, Jesse, that our children did want to do that. And as responsible parents, we did not let them. Yeah. So, That's a shame. Yes, just don't tell your parents and maybe you'll get away with it with your monkey clan. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Well, guess who doesn't feel so stupid anymore? <laughs> you know what? He's more thug than iced tea now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, so you have another one, Chad? Yeah, this is just a straight-up apology, so this guy just needed to get this off his chest. <laughs> First of all, thank you for him to apologize for a heinous thing that I did many years ago that I, I still carry with me was... I thought it would be funny to put fiberglass in my college roommate's underwear and see how he responded. And so I did this, you know, do a couple pair and put them on the top of his drawer thinking that, you know, this would be funny because a guy was working on his amp down the hallway and he had some fiberglass sitting out and he had put his bath towel on it and said that was stupid because, you know, he got this fiberglass itchy stuff all over him. And I said, oh, can I borrow that? And went down and, you know, put it through my roommate's underwear thinking, haha, that'd be funny. Well, of course, he put on his underwear and didn't say, hey, these itch or feel funny because it's underwear. So I thought I didn't get him good enough. So then I did every single pair he had in his drawer. And um, to which then I guess he washed his laundry. And I thought, oh, there were probably some in there that I didn't get them all again. <laughs> and then after that, he responded several days later by saying, Adam, I think somebody's messing with us because I've got, I just washed all my clothes and I've got this rash and pulled down the side of his underwear and showed me these horrible looks that he had. And all I could respond with was, me too. And that was where we left it. Somebody was messing with us. And, uh, and I'm a horrible person. So thank you for allowing me to apologize. Wow. Man, wow, oh man. That's messed up. This is this is why this is why I never had roommates. This is why I never had a roommate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that itchy stuff that's in fiberglass is glass. Yeah. It's tiny, tiny pieces of glass. Oh, that's so, awesome. But it's packed hilarious. with fiber. It's packed with fiber. It's okay. It's good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> so you know, I mentioned earlier that I had I'd said you guys want me to say anything on the podcast. And we actually got a couple requests that I think would be worth bringing up. Number one, Kelsey Brianne Hudson uh, posted on my Facebook page. She said, ask Jesse to comment on Snooki being in jail. Um, my comment is I was the one who placed her under citizen's arrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Levi Klassen or Klassen says, uh, say hi to your Canadian listeners and then proceed to make fun of our nation. As always, done. <laughs> already done that. Hello, Canada. We don't like your country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andre Meowerman. Mia- Mia- um, <laughs> meow meow. Andre meow meow <laughs> is his name, and he wants um, somebody to do a verse from Ice Ice Baby. Go. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Phone like a hawthorn daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock the mic like a v- v- vandal. Mm-hmm. Light up the stage. And what? Something like a chump. <laughs> like a candle. The ch- the chump is the uh, Humpty Dance. Oh, sorry. That's pretty good. That's good. Well done. Right, that is way nice better than baby. I could have done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. That's why I married her. She knows hip hop and vanilla ice. But don't don't. Okay. On that note, we will uh, do this week's editorial question of the week. Here we go. Editorial question of the week. Okay. At the beginning of the podcast, uh, you heard our very own Josh Loveless, a former pastor. 
I like to call him a fallen pastor. <laughs> Clothless. Um, Clothless. Now that I'm no longer man of the cloth. <laughs> our, our clothless, clothless pastor. Clothless as much as loveless. <laughs> clothless disgraced pastor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, he, he was talking about some some things that happened at church, and I mentioned a couple of crazy things that happened at church that I've seen, and we thought to ourselves. <laughs> We've all seen some crazy stuff we said at it church. Out loud. All yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to know what are some of the craziest things that you've ever seen at church. Bring it, people. During the service. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't wait to. Yeah, hear this story. is going to be, be a good, good. one. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be okay, good. so go over to the podcast episode page and right there in the comments, post your stories. Oh, I can't wait. Oh or gosh. if you want to call us and tell us stories about sewing on legs of bullfrogs at church mm-hmm. uh, or any can, amphibian <laughs> <laughs> you can call us and tell us your feedback at the uh, podcast episode hotline it's just an extension at our office it's uh, 407-660-1411 again that's 407-660-1411 <laughs> extension 126 and you can leave your message there this will be a fun one uh, many thanks to Ivory Line for coming through make sure to check out their new album Vessels it's available nationwide right now they're out on tour right now I'll catch a show if you can um, and check them out at MySpace, uh, myspace.com slash ivory line. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Josh Loveless. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Separated, I cut myself clean from a past that comes back in my darkest of dreams. Been apprehended by a spiritual force and a grace that replaced all the me I have all Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Well, let me ask you this. Do you carry handcuffs like I do?